with the declining oh, man right off that's I did a f- good first start and then messed up to say okay let's try again with the decline fuck <laughs> declining 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 I need to do some mouth warm-ups declining With the declining population in Japan, recruiting for pretty much anything is difficult. So companies are having difficulty recruiting uh, things like the military, let's say. There are less people to recruit from, so numbers are going down. And the military, honestly, for a lot of people, not the most attractive option. Uh, The self-defense force in Japan has decided to try to increase recruitment by relaxing some of the standards. And this is uh, one of the slippery slopes because when you get so desperate to need people and you start accepting, you know, people with hippie haircuts, which is, they're on their way. So they've decided to relax hairstyle regulations. Uh, I guess so you can look good on the battlefield. So as I run across the battlefield, like I do in COD, guns aiming at nothing because I'm just shooting randomly in the air. Uh, you can see my golden locks fly out behind me. They're trying to attract younger people. And what they've decided is that women don't have to have short hair. So they had to have very, very short haircuts, like still just like above the ear kind of haircuts. Uh, Men don't need to have buzz cuts anymore. So women, uh, the hair must be tied back and it cannot obstruct the wearing of a helmet And it cannot touch your shoulders. So it's not long hair, but it is longer. And then men, they said there is an athletic standard for men. And the thing is, I don't know what the athletic standard is when it comes to hair. I assume by that they actually just mean short-ish all around. The thing is, an athletic haircut where I come from in Canada would be the hockey mullet. (laughs) So short in the front and long in the back. Uh, That would be very much what I would associate with a certain kind of athlete. Um, And I don't think that is what the Japanese military is really going for. They have tried anime in the past, but we're not going to see any anime waifus on the battlefield because you are not allowed to dye your hair. So that's actually, again, the sensible rule. Because remember, all those stories from the last couple of years about high schools and whatnot saying you had to have black hair. The rule wasn't that you shouldn't dye your hair. The rule was that you had to have black hair with the base assumption that every Japanese kid is born with black hair, and then these mixed kids come in, and they have dark brown, light brown hair, and they were being forced to dye their hair black because the rule wasn't don't dye your hair. The rule was you have to have black hair. They're being more sensible. They're saying don't dye your hair. So if you have naturally brown hair, the military is more than happy to welcome you, which is a step forward. I think that's pretty nice. You can only dye gray hair, which I thought was interesting. Uh, so they're saying as men, women get older, they get gray hair. You're allowed to, you know, cover that up if you want. Otherwise you have to have natural hair. So we're not going to see any bright pink hair, main character syndrome stuff on the battlefield, uh, at least with the SDF anytime soon. They have also tried anime in the past, which takes us deftly into our next story. There is a, the Reformed Church 
which is also trying to recruit people. And they're doing something very interesting, which we're going to take a moment and listen to. Uh, they're trying to teach Calvinism. They've decided to go on the internet and say the best way to teach Calvinism. I honestly did not take the time to look up Calvinism. Calvinism. Uh, I do have a coworker who I'm sure would be more than happy to tell me about it. Uh, but I'm sure they also would not have connected Calvinism to anime ASMR. So they are reciting psalms, or if you read it like I do, psalms, uh, with sort of a weird Japanese character voice, sort of whispering in your ear at the same time. So luckily for you, I have a little bit of that. What are we looking at? We are looking at... Japanese is too hard for me to understand, but I think she's reading Psalm 103, colon 2. And, and I mean, we could just do it together for a while. If I could read the I can't read the Japanese fast enough. I can sort of read the Japanese, but no way I'm going to be able to keep up with a native speaker. So I don't know when you would listen to this. I guess this is you turn this on, you go to bed, and you get that tingly feeling in your ear. And then join the church. All right, there are three and a half minutes more of that. We don't need to listen to any more. Just another weird thing, combination, Japan anime recruitment to try to get those nerds, I guess, to come to church. The military, actually, it was two years ago, I believe, actually was using anime posters to try to attract a certain segment to join the SDF as well. I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, most of the military now at this point is probably computers. It's drones, it's computers, it's logistics and stuff. You need people who are more than happy to sit in a chair 10 to 12 hours a day and get paid to mess around on a computer. This is the right demographic for it. And then they get to call themselves soldiers and pretend they're in an anime where they're like fighting cyber stuff, which they might actually be. I don't know. I mean, that actually may work out for you in the future. The host club crackdowns continue, which is good because I was everything I've heard about host clubs make me like just I just wonder. I just wonder every time the story comes up. I just wonder, is it that good? Like, is it the men sort of fawning over you that good? I'll fawn over you for a much lower price. Let's put it that way. You throw 20 bucks my way. I, I will fawn for a little bit. Anyways, there's a little bit of fallout. So again, these are, because this is a recent development, this means these are going to be the first time charges are put towards host clubs in this way. So one club was suspended for charging huge fees. That's kind of like a constant that everyone knows is going on, but was never punished before. I guess it was one of those things where like, the police are like, you know where you're going. You know they use manipulation tactics. You know they're going to try to jack up the price. You're in for it. That's, that's up to you. But now they're like, no, it's gotten too far because once you're in so much debt, they try to force you into the sex trade of some sort to pay off your debt. And that's maybe going too far for the police in Japan. I guess massive debt wasn't enough, uh, although it should have been. Uh, 
So one was suspended for charging huge fees, and a second was suspended for admitting a minor. Uh, these were all, all the charges are going to be related to inflated debt. Uh, one club apparently stopped a woman from leaving until she drank more. So the way they actually create the inflated price that you owe is to get you super drunk, and they might be like, hey, let's buy a bottle, that bottle, you know, a 2,000 bottle, yen bottle of champagne, let's charge them a million yen for it. They get you drunk, and they don't ever put out the prices. This is, again, a common scam in Japan. If you come to Japan, and you go into a restaurant, you go into a bar, and there are no prices listed, you should just leave. And if they try to get you to stay, what they're trying to do is get you to buy stuff without telling you the price, and then they'll hand you an inflated thing, and then say, like, if you don't pay it, we'll call the police. The thing is, the police are actually... They know what's going on, but there is nothing they can actually, like... They can't defend you. You actually still have to pay the bill, because in a way, because you drank there not knowing the price. That's your fault. And the police actually have to enforce it. You have to pay that bill. So that's something that you should be aware of. If you're a tourist and you're coming to Japan, uh, Japan's reopened its borders. Uh, tourists, I think it's up six-fold from what it was this time last year, which makes sense because COVID's not, it's not gone. We're, apparently, I was reading a story. I didn't write it down. I wasn't going to do it for Ninja News Japan this week. Uh, they're saying we're in our 10th wave of coronavirus, but now immunity is very high. The vaccine is rolled out. So it's more like people are just getting long colds. So not particularly violent, like people were dying before. Now people catch a cold and it just sort of lasts, like cold lasts like two, three days, let's say. This lasts like a week plus. So they're actually saying that we're in our 10th wave. It's just people aren't noticing as much because they just think like, whew, it's cold season and I got a cold. So this woman, they stopped her from leaving. They said, you have to drink more, which that is... I would say kidnapping. Once you stop someone from leaving a place they want to leave from, that is actually kidnapping. Uh, then they made her take out 850,000 yen from an ATM to pay off the debt that she had just racked up from them keeping her in the place, in the host club, so that she could drink more. So they basically made her stay, drink more to rack up a bill, and then made her go pay the bill. If these punishments go through, this is going to be the first of their kind in Japan. And I really do. I think the host club system, scam, whatever you want to call it, is one of the grossest things they have. And I would really like to see. I don't have a problem with what's happening. Like you want to go and pay someone to talk to you. I personally wouldn't do that. But if that's if you're comfortable with it, that's okay. Just make it a fair business. That's that's the only thing I would say. Just make it a fair business. Off we go. But that's uh, apparently not good enough. <sighs> You have to rip people off. And that's where they always, that's where everything goes wrong. It's why we need regulations. Ah, don't get me going on regulations. I know, I know everyone out there is listening to this is like, oh, Peter, do some ASMR about regulations, about the regulations you would put into place on corporations. I know, I know that. That might be my new podcast. Uh, Corpo ASMR Regulatory Systems. Uh, they've decided to stop running snack carts on Shinkansen. So if you go on the Shinkansen now, the bullet train, what happens is a lady, still very sexist. It's usually, I don't think I've ever seen a man do it, so I think it's pretty fair to say a lady. A lady comes down the cart and she says, like, do you want to buy an overpriced chocolate? Do you want to buy an overpriced tea? Do you want to buy something that you should have bought before you got on the train? Everyone just buys stuff and brings it on the train. So those things are not profitable. But it is an in train service. I think way back, probably when they weren't ripping people off, 
people probably bought from it and it was maybe a good deal. I don't know. I've never bought anything from it. I always buy snacks and bring it on the train if I ever have to go on the train. So these carts, there's a lot of train fans in Japan. So these carts, what are they going to do with them? Well, they're going to put them up for sale. And if you want one, you have to enter a lottery to be able to bid on the cart. There are going to be 50 carts and they're going to sell them for 100,000 yen each. Now, I, I don't know if there's bidding involved in that. I think they're just going to sell 50. So I think the lottery, there are going to be 50 winners and you each get have to pay 100,000 yen. You have to be able to pick it up yourself by the end of February. So this is all happening very quickly. We hope, a uh, quote from the uh, representative of the Shinkansen, we hope they will be put to good use and not used for some weird sex thing in a movie. <laughs> some of that was added on by me. Uh, <laughs> there's someone out there completely innocent, who's building his own inside of a Shinkansen in his house. And he's weird and he's got too much money. I, I can't judge that. I have my, my nerd stuff in my room. I'm not as bad, primarily because I'm poor. I think if I had a lot of money, I would buy a lot of stupid stuff. And I'm a fan of something different, so it's, it's hard for me to judge. But... There is another segment that's going to be like, let's recreate a Shinkansen and then make a, an adult video and then have the girl push it down and then have some sort of encounter with a passenger. I could totally see that being a video. And then they could say, this is an authentic Shinkansen cart and somehow that's a selling point. Why did my brain go there first? Because I do Ninja News Japan and I've now deep into Japan psychology when they have like, let's add a little authentic authenticity to something, they will absolutely go for it. Once you win the lottery and you pay a hundred thousand yen, they will there will be no cleaning or repairs done before the sale. So the condition they are in on that last day of service is the condition you will get it in. I think not cleaning it is a problem again because of the fanciful, weird people out in the world. I think you should just clean it up. Yeah, Repairs, yeah, let them repair it themselves. I'm sure, I'm sure these are the kind of people who would really enjoy repairing it. And as part of the contract of winning the lottery, you cannot resell it. So I can't win the lottery 10 times, buy 10 carts, and then resell them on the internet. Uh, then, if I do that, I'm going to get in trouble. Beppu City. They got, they got some youth baseball going on. As most cities do, baseball's, I think, the most popular sport in Japan. Shohei Otani, probably the most famous baseball player. So famous, I've heard of him. I don't watch baseball. I do not follow sports. So he has to be super, super famous. I think he, I don't think, I know, he just did the like $700 billion, billion dollar contract over X amount of years. Um, so... He's like the number one baseball player in the world for the moment. So that means he's super popular. He's Japanese and therefore very popular in Japan. He has donated 60,000 baseball gloves to 20,000 schools. What they did is the city collects the gloves and then they're supposed to distribute them to the different schools. The mayor of Beppu City said, you know what? More valuable to the world. He said, I took these gloves and I didn't give them to kids if I put them on display for everyone to see. And he said this was to make children and citizens happy because as we all know, kids love not touching or playing with things. 
They love to go up to a glass case and just look at stuff. So that was clearly a weird little selfish thing that the mayor of Beppu did. Immediately got pushback on. It's like, Otani has donated these gloves so that kids will get excited about baseball and play baseball and maybe grow up and be professional baseball players or at least foster their love of the sport that he loves. And you, probably a baseball fan, are like, I don't want to give it to kids. I want to keep it for myself. So I'm going to put it in a glass case. No one can touch it. It's my glove. Some people don't grow up. And the mayor of Beppu seems to have been one of those people who didn't realize that not giving stuff to kids that was intended to be given to kids is a bad idea. So he, some other districts, cities, did display the gloves as well. They didn't get in trouble because the idea was we're going to hold them until they're ready to be shipped. So basically, we're, not, we're going to put these in a box. They're going to get shipped, let's say, next month or the beginning of the new academic year or something like that. Until then, we'll put them on display. And yes, everyone can look at the gloves that have probably been touched by Shohei Otani himself, the magical fingers of the man himself. And then everyone looks at it and goes, ooh, glass case. Look at those gloves. And then when it was time to give them to the kids, actually give them to the kids. Kids. Mayor of Beppu? My gloves. I want to keep my gloves. I'm not going to give my gloves to anybody else. My gloves. Fucking child. This is interesting. It's not really something I can make any. I can't make fun of this. In the 1970s, there was a series of bombings. And this was... This was the East Asia Anti-Japan Armed Front. And what they were doing was targeting companies that operated overseas. And so they were protesting Japan's exploitation of other countries pre-World War II, where they were like literally enslaving other people and stuff and, and occupying other countries. And they were seeing that the current expansion after World War II, in the 70s and 80s particularly, was another form of this expansion. So they were like, we should stop this. Uh, we shouldn't exploit others. So let's blow them up. Always the solution. And a man has been wanted since 1975. What he did was he put a bomb outside of a building and it went off and it blew a bunch of shit up. A man entered the hospital suffering from terminal cancer. He has been hidden for the last 50 years and paying for cancer treatments out of pocket because if he used his actual ID or anything, it would link him back to that bombing. So he's basically been in hiding for 50 years and surviving. He's been working at a building firm. So that's a bit vague. He may have been doing construction. He may have been doing architecture or some variety of work therein. So he's had a job. He's been working for the last 50 years. He's been in hiding. He hasn't used his health care card. He hasn't used any of his official ID for anything so the police wouldn't find him. And he's lived for the last 50 years. He enters into hospital because his cancer's just gotten to this stage where he has to be in hospital. And this is sort of hospice almost. He's, it's terminal. He's not going to survive. That means sooner or later they have to get his ID. So they get his ID and they find out and they contact the police. The police come and talk to him. And then the story comes out yesterday that he dies in hospital. So I'm, I'm a bit torn. Is this, like in a way he hid successfully for the entirety of his life and escaped, escaped the police. But the police sort of caught up with him at the very end. I don't know. It's a weird story because it's hard to... How do you feel about that? Like, he committed a crime. I kind of have respect for someone who can hide for 50 years. So much of Ninja News Japan is someone doing something and getting caught that day because they videoed it and put it on the internet. And then you got this guy, and I would say a proper criminal... 
he was he was a freedom fighter in his mind. And this is always sort of a, one of the dichotomies of people doing acts for political reasons is they see themselves differently than just criminals. They see themselves as the rebels. They see themselves as the uprising, the revolution that's going to change the world. So he saw himself as a revolutionary. So he didn't feel like what he was doing was a crime. He thought he needed to do this to change the course of Japan and the world in the future. I have respect for the ideology. I do not think you should blow shit up. I don't think you should blow people up. I'm not even a big fan of blowing stuff up unless it's in a video game. Love blowing stuff up in video games. The difference there, yeah, yeah, knowing the difference between real life and video games makes a big difference. But he found a job, worked for 50 years. I mean, they didn't actually say he retired, which makes me think he was doing construction because he can do construction just up until the last days. And then uh, was caught. Police came and spoke to him. Apparently he was quite open with them, but then he died and then case closed. Going from that guy to this guy, <laughs> for fuck's sakes. Um, a boy filmed himself licking the lid of a water pitcher at a ramen shop. This is not interesting anymore. The people who are getting caught licking stuff or eating stuff and making communal stuff gross. The reason I... A rabbit shop. A ramen, ramen shop. A ramen. A shop where, that sells bowls of ramen. My mouth is a little dry, so I might not be enunciating as well as I could. Or I'm talking too fast. People tell me I talk too slow in the office, so that might be the... I try to speak a little faster when I do the, the news, Ninja News Japan. He filmed himself licking the lid of a water pitcher at a ramen shop and putting it back. And the internet, of course, immediately saw this and went apeshit. Now, the reason this was interesting to me is because the police didn't have a chance to get involved. The internet took care of this. So they found the boy's Twitter and Instagram. They combed through his Instagram and found out he was enrolled in a makeup school in Hokkaido. They then contacted the school and started talking about like all the, the gross thing this kid did and that he should be punished. The school tried to hide it. They took down as many of the pictures as they could with this kid in it. They said, we're doing it to protect the other students, basically the people who are in the pictures with him. But of course, what they're really trying to do is just like cover up this and hope it goes away. It's not going away. The internet has decided. The Japanese internet has decided. If you do something publicly gross, we're coming for you. So then the criticism of the school started coming out on the internet and the boy was promptly expelled. So the police were never even contacted this kid licked something in a restaurant, videoed it, put it on the internet. Days later, not even like multiple, maybe two days later, he's been expelled from the school he's enrolled in. And that shows you where we've come into Japanese society because now we're at the point where if you do something like this, it's just been decided it's so morally reprehensible, they're just going to come after you. Last story. Trying to mix up the last stories. I, I used to do 50-year-old creepy men. Those stories have actually fallen off recently, which is, speaks good for my people. And then also maybe a little uh, palate cleanser at the end instead of the same stuff. The National Long Bath Competition for Capybaras was held this year. This is the 12th year in a row. This is the first year I've heard about it. I'm very interested in this. There are five zoos currently with capybaras. 
And what they do is they choose a day. Creepy men are more active in the spring. Oh, they need the warm weather because in the cold, their joints are sore like me. And then they can't do it. They have to like, oh, I got to wait till spring and then I'll, I'll get my shit together. Five zoos. What they do is they monitor the capybaras and they choose a day. And the capybara that takes the longest bath that day wins. What do they win? Probably nothing. The glory. I mean, when I did all my judo tournaments, what did I win? Tiny plastic trophies that I could buy myself for like 20 bucks. Probably not even. They were really cheap. I actually was talking to a guy once. I was like, you know what you can do? You can just go into trophy stores and get trophies made with your name on it. You don't need to actually bother with the competitions or anything. And then I could just have like a rack behind me with just hundreds of trophies on it. If it's far enough away, you're not going to read the plaques. That's fine. And then this other guy's like, oh, man, how long does it take to get a black belt in judo? I was like, well, you go into the store, and if you have 700 yen, it takes about eight minutes because they have to go find the right size. <laughs> they don't check. They don't check if you have a – you don't need like a certificate to buy a black belt in a martial arts store. You could go in, buy any color, throw it on, there you go. They don't, they don't check. Trophy stores don't check. Martial arts stores don't check. You can just construct that yourself. I don't know why I went on that little rant. As for the glory, Truffle was a capybara, local favorite to win. Did a one hour, 50 minute, and 49 seconds soak in the bath. But you know what? Donut came in and said, fuck Truffle. I am going to make this not just a win, but a fucking murder. The Nagasaki Biopark hero, Donut, did a soak of two hours, 53 minutes, and 57 seconds, blowing Truffle out of the fucking water, figuratively and literally. This is your post-credit scene, if you hang around for after the song. Uh, you may have heard a, a tone of disappointment <laughs> in my voice all day today. And the reason is, last night, my wife, my wife, she came to me and said, do you have anything in English that I could listen to? Maybe something about news. I don't know if she even knows I do this podcast. This was two weeks running, two or three times ranked, the number two Japanese news podcast in the world. And the number one is the actual newspaper, the Mainichi. The Mainichi releases a podcast every day. So if they get downloads, their download numbers are going to be way bigger than mine because they, download, they do one every day and people just automatically download. I can't compete with that. So Ignaz has just put in the chat, did you recommend her your podcast? No, I didn't. Because I was so hurt <laughs> by the fact that I'm not 100% sure she even knows I do this podcast. The number two Japanese news podcast in English. Hey, do you have anything in English that I could listen to so I could practice my English? Maybe it has news of current events in it maybe something even more casual than the formal english to help me uh get more natural english in there do you know anything like that do you you know what no i don't 
No, I don't know anything like that. I don't even think that's a concept. I don't think anyone's ever done it in the world. 